Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as she travels the Vortex, and we've avoided the Wooly Rebellion to arrive at episode 409. I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. And I'm Keith. How are you guys doing this week? Pretty She's good. She's real fine, my 409. <laughs> <laughs> that Wooly Rebellion was tough. It was. Well, we kind of circumvented it. Luckily. So, yeah. yeah. Bad. Got out of there just in time. <laughs> Did you guys do anything this week? Not much. We watched The Christmas Chronicles. Oh, oh that's the one with Kurt Russell yeah. on uh, Netflix. How was it? It's pretty good. It's cute. It feels kind of like a ABC Family Christmas movie, but it's a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed it. It's from the producers of Harry Potter and what was the other one they keep? Uh, I don't remember. Home Alone? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. There's a lot of. If you are very familiar with Kurt Russell and his family, there's a lot of nice little nods. Oh, is there really? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely worth watching in this Yuletide time. <laughs> it is on the list for this year. Well, speaking of Yuletide time, <laughs> I set up a challenge for myself this uh, December, and I'm watching as many of the film versions of A Christmas Carol. As I so you're only doing film year. versions. I'm. That's not true. That's my goal is to get all of the ones that have been. Released in theaters. That's my goal, to get through all those. I've already been stymied in that because some of them aren't available <laughs> or, or some of them are lost. But that's my goal. But I'm sprinkling in some other ones. So I'll watch Scrooged, which is actually a parody, so it doesn't really count. And mm-hmm. I'll watch Mr. Magoo's Christmas Special, or uh, A Christmas Carol, because I loved that growing up as a kid. But I'm sprinkling in those kind of things. So far, I've watched uh, Scrooge or Marley's Ghost, which is the, it's a short British film, and it's the oldest surviving adaptation. Uh, Then I watched Christmas Carol from 1910, and I watched uh, Scrooge from 1913, and that, no, I haven't watched Scrooge 1913 because I can't get a hold of this silly thing. It's also called Old Scrooge. Then I watched the uh, 1914 version of A Christmas Carol. Um, then I watched uh, the 1935 version with Seymour Hicks as Scrooge, and this is where I'm going to backtrack to Old Scrooge, because Seymour Hicks actually played Scrooge in the movie Old Scrooge that came out in uh, 1913, uh, which is the silent film. Uh, the 1938 one with Reginald Owen, which has always been probably one of my favorites and probably still one of my top favorites. I just I love the way Seymour Hicks is now, <laughs> now that I've seen that one, is is maybe going to edge that one out. But that one's always been my favorite. And then just today I watched Scrooge uh, with Alistair Sim. So that's as far as I've gotten on. Wow. So not only is he watching them all, he's watching them in chronological order. I am, oh, I am with the films. Is. Now, I did I did take a break and I watched Rich Little's uh, Christmas Carol. Uh, yeah, Rich Little's Christmas Carol, which is if people our age will know who he is but younger than us may not because he's not a real big deal anymore he's an impressionist from the 1970s and 80s and he did a lot of different characters well his christmas carol special always ran on hbo and i remember watching it all he was the an time hbo staple yeah. for years so you know and i'll what that's what i'm going to do is kind of break up the because i mean it's it's literally the same story oh yeah so that's what i'm doing is kind of breaking it up by sprinkling in some of the little extra stuff that are you reading the novel to go along i with actually started the audiobook today so what'd you do sean uh we went and saw widows how was that it was good it's um it, it's definitely one that i think people should see i don't know that it's quite as good as i've had some people make it out to be 
I, I've had some people like, oh my God, you've got to see and, You know, it was good. Fantastic acting, great cast, Viola Davis and Colin Farrell, who I'm really starting to appreciate. What was the other thing? We did? Oh, I graduated. Oh, congratulations. Oh, you did. Congratulations. Thanks. How's it feel? From college, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just making sure. Well, just verifying. <laughs> so was I. That's the thing. So I, I, I looked at the calendar and went, oh, it's December. I should probably get on that, you know. So I sent an email. And they said, well, we don't show your paperwork as this, and you haven't met your qualifications for your foreign language. I was like, no, I did. So I sent them the letter, and all the. And they got back to me and said, oh, yeah, okay, we changed your status. <laughs> I said, oh, okay, cool. Now what? You're done. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I, don't have Bye to go to a, I, I don't have to go to a meeting or something. It's just you send an email. Okay, you're done. That's it. But that's, Are you going to walk? Send you the diploma in the mail. Huh? That, that's apparently it. Um, yes, I am going to walk, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it off. You can apparently walk whenever you want. And so I'm going to actually walk next summer. Congratulations yeah, again. Congratulations. 27 years. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> <laughs> did you go see Wreck-It Ralph 2? We did go see Wreck-It Ralph 2. Yeah. Um, I want to see it. It's really good. It is also very different. It where, looks like it would be. Whereas the first Wreck-It Ralph focused so solely on video game, and not just video game, but arcade game logic. And the rules and, and, and played within that. Wreck-It Ralph 2 is the internet. And not just video game internet. It's the whole the whole shebang. Everything. They play... I mean, it's it, it's a much bigger, more expansive world. A much bigger story. A much... And there's a part of me that's not quite sure how I feel about that. Because I liked the, the, the arcade world. And I was kind of looking forward to more of that. And sending Ralph into the internet. I wasn't sure. Um, but it, it works. In, in fact, Ralph Breaks the Internet as a title is very accurate when you get to certain sections of the film. You go, oh, I see what they're doing. Should we move on to news? No. Because <laughs> there is no news. <laughs> Should we move on to feedback then? What, yes. What, what would people do if they had news for us, Keith? They could send it to us, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's say people had feedback and news, or both, or one, one or the, the other. other. If you just want to communicate with us at all, you can just send us an email at feedback at travelingthevortex.com, or you can uh, Facebook us. We're on, we're on there as Traveling the Vortex. You can Facebook us. Facebook us. Holly? We're also on the Twitters. We're on the Twitter sphere. That's what Holly did. She sent us an email to that feedback at travelingthevortex.com, and it's all about this week's episode. She wrote, hey guys, wow, what an interesting and emotional episode. Really felt for Graham. By the way, spoilers, in case you guys hadn't figured out what we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Really felt for Graham with him seeing Grace again in the Mirror Universe. Also him realizing as well that Grace would never let him leave Ryan to defend for himself. I can see from Eric's point of view of wanting to protect his daughter, but this went out of control. The character of Ribbon was interesting. Got a little more backstory about the Doctor's family. The Doctor's grandma regenerated at least seven times. Love the Zygon reference. Yaz's standing up to the false grace was great. Glad that Graham and Ryan were able to patch things up more. Can't believe that we're near the end of the season. I will wrap it up here. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Holly. Well, should we launch into our review then? Yes, for the penultimate episode of the season. (laughs) 
It, you look forward to these, don't you? Just you because just, I like you that love word. to say penultimate. I like and that so word. You, it's a good word. It's a favorite word. A favorite I do not word. think that word means what you think it means. No, it, 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 it does. pretty much does. <laughs> it means exactly what I think it means. <laughs> because I know what it means. It doesn't mean what I thought it meant. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it takes you away on the edge of a Norwegian fjord. In the present day, the doctor, Ryan, Graham, and Yaz discover a boarded up cottage and a girl named Hannah. In need of their help. What has happened here? What monster lurks in the woods around the cottage and beyond? Keith, you start us off this week. I like this one. I like the fact that it's so different that it starts off one direction and takes a left turn and I did not know what to expect next. I lot the characterizations were great. I like the fact that it felt like a resolution to Grace's death, especially at the end when Ryan finally calls Graham granddad. I like the emotional depth and struggles that they're going through. It's a there's some familiar tropes, but they took a different take on it, and I appreciated all that. I liked the misdirection at the beginning too. I had a blast. I thought it was really, really a great episode. It was fun. It was scary. It was intense. I like the characterization of the, the little girl, Hannah. I thought mm-hmm. that uh, she did a great job and really sucked me into her situation of her dad's gone. You think there's something that's attacking the house. He, so she has to stay inside and fend for herself. Uh, they show up. She's very scared of them. I liked that whole dynamic of that. And then we went to this through the looking glass thing. And the first thing I thought was, they are, now they've stole that. Not only has has the my friend stole that idea from me. Now Doctor Who stole this idea from I, me. I have to confess that was the first thing I thought. Like it was kind of sort of tickling the back of my brain, and then all of a sudden it was like really, oh my god. Um, but I like vote for Reviver. I liked the uh, through the looking glass aspect of it, um, and I, I actually kind of liked. I thought it was really kind of unique and surreal that that the the like the anti what they call the anti area the anti anti zone zone that crops up in order to keep these dimensions from touching each other made total sense um i ribbon i thought was an interesting character i don't think they quite justified why he was there or or, but maybe they didn't need to i also thought the moths were a bit the flesh moths yeah a bit of a stretch but i guess you had to have some sort of element in there to keep anything from traveling across. So I think ribbon, although they didn't do a very good job, no, but, but ribbon gives us, gives us a element of somebody who's figured this out. He's almost, he's almost kind of the uh, ferryman basically. I mean, he's he's in a surreal kind of roundabout way. He's the ferryman because he was able to get him across and explain to him what they needed to do. uh, Even though it was all for selfish and nefarious reasons, but um, so that was really good when they got in there uh, to the other side and found the dad. And I immediately kind of suspected that she was not real. And especially oh, when yeah. Grace showed up, I kind of suspected there was something there. But I, I, I kept there on the edge of my seat thinking, okay, where are they going to go with this? And I agree with Keith. It was so very emotional uh, having Graham to be able to have that uh, one more interaction with her in fact one of those things where i was thinking how are they going to convince him that he's that she's not real one of the things was when he this is before he asks her well what about uh ryan who's in the uh, still in that area in danger 
And even before that, he says, you know, where's Ryan? Ryan's still back there. And he's, you know, and, and Graham's first instinct is to go try to help Ryan. And she goes, no, don't go. And I thought, oh, okay, this will be what, this will be the key. And so I kind of figured that out, but it was late enough in it, you know, that, that when they, when he has that realization of, you know, she would have done anything to protect him. And that's the key to get him to go back through. I thought that was very clever. So all this is great. And, and, and then there's a frog in a chair. <laughs> that's when it gets very metaphysical and trippy. <laughs> and I got, I was pulled completely out of the story. And I kept, I kept thinking, I think this is, I think this is clever, but really stupid on the way, on the same side. And so I, I think it was an idea that was poorly realized. That At least that little chunk. Just that little chunk in there. The doctor sacrificing herself to stay behind I thought was very cool. I thought that was great. It was a wonderful moment. I knew it was going to last because she got another episode. Um, but uh, two more episodes. But there was a frog in a chair. Talking frog. A talking frog. And then after that, I thought it was really kind of cool. You know, she gets back because she convinces the frog in a chair <laughs> to let her go, which I also thought was maybe a weak point in the story. But anyway, she gets back, and I thought they wrapped it up nicely. But So it's this great, fantastic, uh, emotional, exciting story with a f- in the middle, there's a well, the, towards the end is a frog in a chair, a talking frog in a chair. And I, I did see a meme that had Kermit sitting on a stool, and it said, "It's it's not easy being a sentient universe." <laughs> and I cracked up. So, <laughs> uh, the, the meme is frog. This one, I think, there's a frog in a chair. <laughs> yeah, this this episode would have been a a. a Dun, dun, dun. An A plus, it would have been a, a, a five out of five. But the frog in the chair slides it so much back. The talking frog in a chair, thank you, slides it so much back for me. I don't know, and I can't even put my finger on. It, it wasn't even the poor fact that it was an animatronic frog that the lips didn't really sync up. And then Caitlin pointed out, well, they did some amount of CGI because the eyes blinked really well. And I thought, yeah, at least they had to do that. Did they have this animatronic frog and they realized it's not blinking, so they went back in and put the CGI eyelids on it? It's almost like they did with, you know, the Ewoks and <laughs> Return of the Jedi. But it, it didn't even bother me that it was an animatronic frog that they didn't go so far as to use CGI, but it was a frog. At least it wasn't anthropomorphic. In a chair. I kind of like the absurdity of the fact that it's the frog in the chair because it's such an abstract and bizarre concept. How do you visualize that once it's just the doctor and this being a being that is a sentient universe? You have to have a mouthpiece of some sort. And I thought Grace's love of frogs becomes its it's absurd. I admit that, but I like the fact that it's absurd. Would it be less absurd had it been the fourth doctor? No, because it would have been something that the doctor... Oh, I'm sorry. 
had it had been a, a fourth I'm sorry, doctor. not if the, <laughs> not if it was the fourth doctor yeah, in a chair. If it had been the fourth yeah, doctor in a chair, it would have been incredible because it would have been some connection to if the, the fourth doctor. doctor had encountered a frog in a chair in the same circumstances, would you have a, an easier time accepting it? Uh, no, or the eleventh doctor? No, 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 not definitely not with the eleventh doctor. Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, it, it's I'm and, and, and I don't even want to say that it it was something that I hated. It just the it was it was it almost was to the point of too absurd of a concept for me that it kept yanking me out of what was happening there it just i i would try to focus on what i thought was a great concept and would get pulled out of it because it was a frog <laughs> in a chair you know the whole thing <coughs> feels a bit like a Big finish story that's been brought to screen. Somebody pointed out the other day, and I know this now because I'm on about the 10th or 11th book of the Virgin New Adventures. It's very much a Virgin New Adventures oh, concept. Okay. Um, and I tried to make myself feel better about it because I'm enjoying, for the most part, the books that I've read in the New Adventures, but I still couldn't even justify it. A frog in a chair. Sean, what do you think of it? I think the jury's still out. I'm uh, I'm coming, as I said, I, I watched it just before recording, so I'm really, really fresh you on this. You should quit that. Yeah, I really should. <laughs> um, you need some time for them to sink in, I think. Well, you know, when they throw frogs in chairs at you. <laughs> yeah, thank goodness I didn't try doing it today. Um, I had to come over here going, uh, I don't know, guys, I'm just... Once again, the, the production game. design is fantastic because Norway, I mean, wow, there was a fjord. That was cool. I, I wasn't blown away by the floor, fjord, and I'll tell you why. Because we didn't get a good look at the fjord. If I'd have gotten a good look at the fjord and went, oh, that's... Because uh, fjords have their own characteristic. But you, like could have, you could have shot any valley in Scotland and gotten that look to me. That, 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 that we got there. Scotland. That we got there. There were trees. Scotland doesn't have trees. <laughs> Scotland's got lots of trees. Yeah, I think that, like those that, trees. that could have been shot anywhere in the northern part of the it, UK. It could have been so. shot in front of a matte painting. It doesn't matter. It was beautiful <laughs> and it was well see, done. See, I, I disagree. I did, you didn't see, I mean, maybe I should go back and look and see a greater shot of it. But all I saw was forests and... The, the, the opening wide shot of our three principals and the doctor eating dirt and the TARDIS and there's conifers and a lake. Which, yeah, I saw that. I that, saw that. That's, that's the but f- I didn't see the fjord. Well, he says it's a fjord. Well, that's the point. It's a body of water. That's my point. No, no, no. A fjord is a... Is a no, it's, it's a body of water. We don't actually know if it's... It's not a fjord in the sense of... Okay, let's be honest. If we're talking great fjords on film, we have to go to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> Those aren't with, even great because they're all CGI. But... but but that's what they're supposed to look like. If you're going to do a beauty shot of a fjord, that's what. Yeah, that's exactly what I want to see. <laughs> this wasn't a good fjord, I guess. <laughs> well, you're too inland. Yes. You're too much on land to see the fjord. Yes. It's only a fjord from the water. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. No, it can be a fjord from the sea as long as you can see the cliffs on the other side. Anyway, <laughs> I, to me, it, looked, it could have been any. It could have been any place anywhere. So, it was a gorgeous shot. But all it was, could have all been the anything. exterior locations <laughs> I thought looked great. 
all of the inside okay we're in a cabin okay we're in this anti-universe that looks like a caves really bad star trek cave eh, i didn't care about that oh i thought that was okay it was okay um it, it honestly it looked like uh, it looked like omega's anti-matter universe well i almost thought I, they uh, were going there that i re- then i have to always recall myself of they're not doing any old monsters. <laughs> but boy, they're sure doing old concepts. References. <laughs> Couldn't she like reverse the polarity or something? And I went, ah! That was great. <laughs> um, so then we get Creep Factor in a boarded up house and the, the poor blind kid and daddy left. And okay. Oh, okay, this is kind of interesting and cool and you know scary. And oh, there's something in the woods. All right, yeah, now we're cooking. And... Then we went through the mirror and into this antiverse. And I, I like you, I kind of like the idea of this thing popping up to prevent dimensions from rubbing up against each other. I think, okay, that's kind of cool. I didn't like the the Ribbon. Is that his name? Ribbon. Yeah, Ribbon. I didn't like him. I think his You're full name is to, but... Ribbon of the Seven, seven Stomachs or Seventh Something Stomach. Like that. Ribbon yeah. of the Seventh Stomach. Which I thought was kind of insanely absurd. I thought that was going to be the most absurd thing we got. <laughs> Whether he is... and it was up to that point. And then you got fleshy moss. And then you <laughs> got a frog thought, in a chair. I, I like the, the concept of that was cool. It's just I'm not sure that that would have been my choice of element to put inside a scary anti-zone. They, they honestly... <laughs> Better than bubbly monsters? My, fir- my, fir- my first thought Good with point. the moths was... Really? And then I stopped and went, this is no worse than giant white antimatter bodies coming and attacking well, the doctor. Sure, yeah, good point, you know, good so point. I'm just going to roll with it. Well, I'm okay and, with and, it. And, and them being moth-like was, made sense because it was a dark area and they, you know, moths and albino. feed in the dark sure. in the, on, on, on cloth often, <laughs> in our world anyway. Sorry. Proceed. Yeah, they yeah, no, food. To, totally, to, totally was all right with it after I rationalized it. Um, want to point out once again, oh, flesh monsters. Oh, they don't do, you know, the, the cloth slows them down, but they, they, they like flesh. Hey, look at your dumb pants, doctor. Okay. I'm going to off that. <laughs> so. They didn't go after her ankles. W- w- whether, whether, but see, they should have. But they didn't. But they didn't. So Ribbons, whether he is a denizen of the uh, pocket universe or a transplant, I don't. I don't, we, we didn't get enough information about him for me to be able to make up my mind. That's the problem is he's a plot vehicle is all yeah. he really is. And, I, and, and I, I'm with you on that. I just I felt like there, there was some clever idea there. It just I needed more to support his reason for being. He, he, he was exposition. Yeah. yeah. Because oh, yeah. he's giving information about his lights He's giving information about Eric, who supposedly he saw go this way. He's giving information about Fleshy the moths. flesh moths and the supposed danger of this maze, this immense maze, like, oh, we, we, we have lost the string. We lost this. We lost it. It can't be that big a deal if Eric made it from one end to the other twice. If, at least no, twice. No, at least three times, because he had to go there and back and then there again. At least. So, and then uh, they make it through, and then the blind chick makes it through. I mean, come on. Well, it's well, a straight shot through this Yeah, thing. but I, I think that that's, number one, sh- uh, the, the doctor's putting the string up with the potential that this might be a maze, and we can't figure our way out. And number two, he's also trying to dupe them, 
So he's got to make them feel like they're in a more complex situation than they are. So I was actually okay with that, even if there were... I, I, by the end of it, I thought this really wasn't a maze. They just were suspecting that it could be, and he was feeding into the fact that they thought it was, so he was going to use that to his advantage. So I don't think it really ruined anything. Yeah, he was... Because he, he made the comment, I'm totally turned around or something, and it's like... Mm, it's, a, it's a tunnel. It's a... <laughs> it's a cave it's a straight shot with it they just go one in, go one into the other um so he didn't really serve much purpose for me other than to kind of try and heighten the tension of the and flesh I think, again i think he was a well, i think he was also there to be a misdirection for the fact that there isn't actually a monster out in the woods because the entire time until they do the reveal of the speakers i fully believe there's a monster out there and this is where they can yeah, from, from there yeah i, yeah, I agree true. i agree very true. In fact, I wasn't certain that it wasn't him. Yeah. At one point. So, um, then we get into the mirror universe, which was weird because we, we stumble through into the house and it's like, okay, we're here. Why does everything look different? I think we're on the, and just the concept of that, having just dealt with that, <laughs> it's kind of, wow. Okay. So that was a big high point. That was this big swell of, oh, wow, where are we going to go with this? And then seeing Eric and realizing what was going on. And then getting the reveal back in our world of the speaker. And I'm like, dude, really? And being hit with this just absolute revulsion that you would do that to your daughter. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that was... that I was, kind of felt that way, too. And that I thought, was low. It, it's, it's, there's really... Very little redemption for him, even when they explain the fact that the, the 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 allure of having to leave his wife, it's like picking your wife over your daughter. And I just don't think that, that either way you should be, you could do that. And I just, that seemed really, that was, yeah, a little off-putting for me as well. Mm-hmm. So... But he felt bad, so he's going to move her back to Oslo, so... I'll get to that. <laughs> so then we, we, we get kind of wrapped up in, in his little sad story. But like like I said, after that reveal, it's like, I don't care. I hope they feed you to ribbon at this point. I, you're, you're a despicable. You're, I can't even call you a rotten human being. You're kind of lower than that. Um, And then we get hit with the Graham punch. And I think Graham summed it up best when he said, um, whatever his line was when he first came around the curtain, don't you dare, or you know that's not fair. Whatever, whatever, whatever his line was, was I was right there with him. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yep. Because you 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 don't get to. I don't want you to cheapen that moment. If right. we're if we're if he's going to see Grace, and we ha- he has you yeah, know periodically yeah. throughout the series, but if he's going to see Grace, I don't want it to be an alien duplicate. I don't want it to be a clone. I don't want it to be, you know. And then, they, and then they went there. Um, and it was so bittersweet. Because at least from Grace's perspective, she was not a malevolent entity masquerading as Grace. Right. She just was. Right. And then to see that fall apart for him. But then coming to the realization that it's not Grace and that Grace is gone 
I really feel like it gave Graham the closure he needed. As heartbreaking as it was, I feel like he had got the closure. Maybe. Because when he's... the, the uns, For me, the unspoken line when he's telling her about travel with the doctor, and she kind of makes that comment about, oh, it sounds like you're doing fine without me. And he says, I'm lost without you. The, the, the conveyance there is that what he's not saying is that I've seen the wonders of the universe, and none of it compares to you. I mean, that's essentially what what, sure, what his, sure, what his things boil down to. That's how strong his love for this woman is. Um, now, admittedly, like I'm, I'll admit, I'm on the grand bandwagon here, so you know I'm probably embellishing some some love for the man uh, and the the pickle sandwich in his coat today. Just <laughs> <laughs> okay, Paddington, you are the man. <laughs> just there's no doubt in my mind now you are the greatest companion ever <laughs> but um yeah it it, it just it, 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 don't get me wrong it was it was it was very emotional i appreciated the emotion of that and it was very sweet but it all it it, it really hurt to to, to well, deal with that sure but that doesn't make it it doesn't make it bad. bad. It, it, yeah. it, it, okay. it just, yeah, it, it really hurt for, I, I hurt for Graham. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, um, I think you're supposed to. I think. Oh yeah, do. absolutely. Uh, I also really appreciated that this one in particular felt balanced that we had moments for everybody that Yaz had moments. Ryan had moments. Graham had a lot of moments, but everybody had something to do. And the doctor had moments. There, there mm-hmm. wasn't a, a an unequal yoking of it, uh, as far as the heroes go, and they all contributed to the story, which I which I liked. So then, when the daughter comes through and Ryan's trapped, and we get kind of everything unraveling, and the doctor has figured out that this is this is a malevolent, um, you know, energy monster, or whatever, and it all starts to fall apart. It kind of goes back into the, okay, because now we're, we just got to run back down the tunnel and escape and back into our unit. I don't know. I feel like it's one of the, as you said, the big metaphysical, fantastic thoughts behind it. Some of the really cool ideas. As long as you don't think about it too much, it's okay. I feel like if you really start to analyze this episode, it's going to fall apart. Um, I love the fact that the doctor was willing to sacrifice herself for Eric of all people. <laughs> as angry as I was with him, as despicable a human being as he was, the fact the doctor's like, take me, I've got more lifetimes, I've got more of this. That is a doctor moment, willing to sacrifice herself for a nobody. Yeah. And not just a nobody, but this guy. Right, right. Like, okay, yes, that's that's fantastic. So that was really cool. And then there was a frog in a chair. <laughs> and my first thought was, really? That's dumb. And then I kind of ran with it as the frog rationalized it. Well, this was a favorite form of grace, and it's, it's you know, it tickles me. Okay, this isn't even really, the, realistically, this isn't even the weirdest thing this show has done. <laughs> the moon is an egg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, I, it's a frog in a chair, it's talking. Okay, just go with it. 
maybe it wasn't the best realized frog in a chair. Maybe it was animatronic. Maybe it had digital blinking eyes. And whatever. It was a frog in a chair. Okay. I, I, I can kind of roll with that, too. It, it just... That's just a speed bump for me. I don't yeah, know why. It, 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 it's it, a speed bump, it, it, and I just—it's there. But it—it—it—it it, 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 it definitely comes down on 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 the pile of things that I liked and the pile of things that I didn't like. It probably is over here on this side of things that I didn't like. But it—it it wasn't an episode killer for me. No, no, mm-hmm. but, no. It definitely was an episode killer. But it also—it was a moment killer. But it was not—it <laughs> was not an episode killer. I almost wish she'd have had a companion with her. <laughs> I, I really, I, w- I wish one of the rational people would have still been there to go. That's a talking frog. <laughs> you know, I, I think I think the audience needed somebody well, yeah, because, to be able to go. Because Wait a minute. the doctor's a little more accepting of that kind of thing. Yeah. She's seen absurdity. Yeah, she has stared absurdity in the face, and she has been absurdity. Yes, <laughs> and so. Yeah, if there had been somebody there to kind of ground me as an audience, as a viewer, maybe I would have done better with it, but it just, yeah, it's a frog in a chair. I don't know. I guess I've watched enough weird stuff that it just doesn't phase me anymore. (laughs) Well, I watch weird stuff too, but I think it's the fact that it was in something that's often very safe and familiar. And don't get me wrong, I think Doctor Who has done absurd, absurd, and it's I think it's done it well at times this might have been just the stretching <laughs> that a little too far it's just another, for me for just me. another instance of for this me. season pushing the boundary of what it means to be doctor who yeah yeah constantly taking people out of their comfort zones this yeah. season that's a viewer that's a hat that's a chair with a panda in it <laughs> that's a chair with a frog in it <laughs> <laughs> i saw a meme of that too <laughs> Then we get to the end. And it's the happily ever after. Well, I made a friend. Yep, we're going to move back to Oslo. You endangered your child. <laughs> you abandoned her for four days. And I. this is, this is the part that, this is where, the, the, again, once you start to think about it, this, the episode falls apart. So he found this portal. And he went, and he found out that his wife is still alive in this mirror universe. Then he came back, and he boarded up the house, and he rigged up the story with the monsters, and Eric is where the set up the speakers, the and then left her. You couldn't have taken her with you? All right. <laughs> I mean, hey... We're going to go through this portal. and Your mom's alive on the other side of this mirror. I know you think I'm nuts, but come on, let's go. How hard is that versus all the work that you put into to lie to your child? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I just, and the fact that we got to the end and all of that is forgiven and brushed away. And yeah, <laughs> we're going to move back into our apartment and our Wi-Fi and go back to school. No. You no scarred for life. Uh, that makes it better, Sean. You just give them candy and sweets, and everything's fine. No, <laughs> give them Wi-Fi, and they're happy. No, I kind of feel like I'm on the on I'm on the phone to the police department. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, uh, just let's 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 forget 
<laughs> Hello, Kate Stewart. Yeah, I need you to pull some strings yes. and find some place for someone to live. I, <laughs> for, Child for, welfare. For, forget for a moment the abandonment and the there's nothing in the house but apparently sweets. And the, <laughs> you know, the, the fact that you told her there was a monster and then rigged up this weird scary speaker thing and left her emotionally. Let's forget all of that. You boarded up the house and locked her in. Hey, that's kidnapping in some states. Well, she was able to leave the house. He just boarded it up. Yeah, yeah I mean, I guess she went and checked on the boat, but... Yeah. He just tried to keep her out of the woods so she wouldn't wander away too far. Bad parenting. Oh, yeah, definitely <laughs> bad parenting. So when I think about... Dad, Dad did do a runner. Yeah. yeah. When, when, I, when I think about that, then the rest of the episode really starts to pale in comparison. Because the whole hook for getting to the rest of the episode is bad dad. And then it all starts when, to unravel. When, when uh, bad dad isn't not only not punished, but rewarded, then yeah, it's... It, it, it really leaves a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah. So it's no, I, 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 have I, can go, under, I can understand that. that. And I, I did feel a little uneased at the ending. So. so there were parts of it that I really liked. There were parts of this episode that I thought were way cool. And then there were other parts that I was like, eh, I don't know about that. And then there were other parts that had a frog in a chair. <laughs> <laughs> and a kill a moth. I just saw hypnotoad comparisons. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sean. Well, um, I understand you have uh, released a schedule for no, this show. You released a schedule. A schedule I for this show. I have released a schedule for this show. Well, what might that be? Well, well, we know what's next week. We definitely know what's next yeah, week. Yeah, what's, what's, what's next week? Sean? It's the schedule of Ranscore of course. I don't know. You're looking at me like I should be proud of you. I don't even know if you said it right. I don't know if I said it right. <laughs> we won't know until next week. I think week. it's Kolos, actually. I think it's more Klingon than I made it. Uh, so next week is the season finale, the Battle of Ranscor of Kolos, maybe. Uh, so we'll have our thoughts on that. And the following episode, we will do a book review, Candy Jars, Lethbridge Stewart, Lineage, which is a series of short stories kind of peppered throughout the, not just, uh, in fact, I don't think there's any, if I'm not mistaken, Within the Brigadier's time, it's kind of the whole Lethbridge-Stewart clan time frame. So we'll be covering that, as well as Titan Comics' 13th Doctor. So we're not done with the 13th Doctor, even though TV is. Uh, For Christmas, because, you know, we always like to have a little fun at Christmas, uh, we're going to do a Lost in Time Christmas special. That old classic Christmas special from back in Hartnell's era, The Celestial Toymaker. It's not particularly a Christmas episode, it's got, but, but it is. It, it, it's, it's got a toy themed. maker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Christmassy, right? Sure. <laughs> so we will why be, not? We will be covering the, the the recon of the Celestial Toy Maker as well as the novelization, uh, and then of course we will put together a little something special for Christmas. But we're still kind of plotting that out, so we'll we'll surprise you with that. And then uh, for New Year's, well, we will uh, be covering the New Year's. Uh, as yet untitled New Year's episode. The uh, rest of the schedule is on uh, the, the website, but it does include uh, some more candy jar. It includes some big finish. It includes some... Uh, uh, oh, I just lost it. Um, Titan Comics. And uh, real time. I'm so excited. I knew you are. <laughs> <laughs> Well, don't forget you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, on the Google Play Music Store, or 
rather Google Play podcast store. Uh, we're also available on Stitcher. We can listen to us on TuneIn and Player FM. And of course, uh, if you would, uh, we would appreciate support. Uh, you can. We have a Patreon.com account. Uh, it's patreoncom slash, or backslash traveling the vortex, and uh, all amounts of uh, money are welcome. Um, any amount in any small, nothing's too small, nothing's too big, and every bit of it goes right back into this show. And thank you to those of you that are already supporting us. We promise not to take the money and leave you with recordings of monsters in the woods while we abscond <laughs> with our dead wife through the mirror. <laughs> Anything else we want to uh, touch on this week until next week? I think that's it. All right. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. Be seeing you. Good night, everybody. Cheers. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.